I'm here, so. <laughs> I'm Shea Gooch Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. Howdy, Oklahoma. My name is Chet Holmgren, and I'm down to dunk. Dead gum. I'm Josh Giddy, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. <laughs> I have, I don't, is that like you eat it together? Everybody tells him to get the bag of burgers. I need like a straw. Like. <laughs> Howdy. I, I'm, a, I'm an artist on the court. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. My name is Kenrich Williams, and I'm down to dunk. It might be Aaron Wiggins. This is a troll. It's a troll. I'm trolling. Howdy, Papa. I think it would take away from who he is, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love Oklahoma. I love Oklahoma to death. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. Perfect. Good. Very good. I like the hat. You bro. like the hat? Yeah. <laughs> Vava? This is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I've been doing a lot of dunking. <laughs> Ooh, welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleich. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Uh, Jada was not lying when he said he'd be doing a lot of dunking. He did a lot of dunking tonight in Denver as the Thunder win uh, in just dramatic fashion, 118 to 117. I'm here with my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, oh, what's up? What's up, Andrew? Emergency Saturday night pod. We rare, rarely ever do a Saturday night pod. <laughs> no. And I wasn't expecting to do one either. I mean, when you play a team like Denver... You know, usually yeah. if you're going to win, it's just going to be one of those games where where Denver has an off night, and and you got and you're and you're winning by like a couple points. You don't expect to go on the road, be down by ten with like a couple minutes left. I mean, I think they were down by ten with like five minutes left or something. Yeah, um, and bring it all the way back, and then keep keeping it close after they were hitting crazy shot after crazy shot. I mean, that it wasn't a banked in three, but that like. That three by Jamal Murray that hit oh, like yeah. all parts of the rim. Oh yeah, I mean they were hitting the kind of shots where you're like, okay, it's over. Yeah, like, you're like, there's, there's that's, nothing. With that's that, the dagger. That has to be the dagger. Yeah, it really did feel like yeah. This like the Thunder played well. At at some point in the fourth quarter, you're thinking, okay, if we can just get the Chet triple double, I think we'll feel pretty good about that. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, and then they started getting like some legit stops down the stretch. And when they cut it to five, I think it was, it was with about two minutes left. They cut it down to five. And you thought, okay, maybe they can actually do something here. Uh, and then J-Dub had the dunk. And then Chet had the alley-oop from J-Dub, which brought it down to one. And you thought, oh, well, now this is very interesting. I think this is like a minute and a half left. Um, MPJ gets a jumper back up to three. Shea gets to the free throw line. Jamal, like you said, hit that 20-footer, and you thought, okay, three-point game. Dub gets the quick two points. They get the stop. That's That was, like, the biggest one. I thought, like, okay, Jamal Murray makes that shot. Dub gets the two. They're still down one. You thought, okay, like, Denver's going to score here. Like, they've got the ball. They've got 30-something seconds left. You kind of figured, okay, like Jokic is going to score, Jamal Murray's going to score. Maybe in most annoying fashion Christian Brown is going to hit some jumper. Yeah. And they miss. And Shea gets the rebound and he starts bringing up the court and you're like <laughs> I mean that's exactly what you want if you're the Thunder. Like you just want a chance. 
And then Shay with his just like signature stop, turn, pop, goes in. There's only 0.9 seconds left. Uh, they sub in <laughs> Wiggins at the end of the game. <laughs> I'm glad we brought you in, Tayshawn. Um, uh, I was just going to see how long I could do that for, man. Yeah, that's good. Uh, um, brought in Wiggins to play defense. They were able to deflect it, and that was the game. I mean, I, I just I cannot believe that they pulled that off. I, did, I didn't think it was going to happen. I just, like, flat out didn't think it would happen. Denver was playing so, like, professionally at the end, too. Like, there was that time when it was like, okay, we just need we need a bucket here. Jokic has the ball. He directs uh, MPJ. He was like, just go run baseline. He knows exactly where MPJ is going to go. He's open in the corner. MPJ swishes a three. And it's like, okay, well, if they're just – their offense is just going to play like this. Like you guys were saying, I was kind of like, man, it's going to take like some miracles here and some, some crazy stops. And all game, especially that second half, I mean, the Thunder defensively, their hands were everywhere. They had so many steals and tips. And it really made um, – you know, those passes where uh, Denver's trying to roll or they're just trying to make those quick, short passes in the lane. And they really couldn't get him to go, and that was working all night. Isaiah Joe there at the end with that offensive rebound was insane. Yeah, that was crucial. It really was crucial. Isaiah Joe, like, didn't have it going from three. He's only one of four tonight. But, like, he had – he, like, hit a couple mid-rangers. He had two boards. He had – one assist, he had one steal, he had one block. Like he's just contributing across the board. Still, like plus minus king is plus twelve in this game. Some of that is that they had him in there at the end, where they were able to make that run and actually get back in the game and win the game. Uh, but he was incredible. Uh, J Dub, dude, J Dub was so good. I think I think he's gonna get lost in this victory. I think like if you were to like break down the highlights of the game. I think you obviously talk about Shea and had like an MVP moment in that game, like hitting the game winner. I mean, he was awesome. 25, 6, and 8 with two steals. He was just bonkers tonight. And then Chet, 17, 11, one assist, 23, and nine blocks. Nine blocks. Just, un I mean, he was, he was a major game changer. But Dub with 24. Three assists. He had the key lob to Chet down the stretch whenever they just needed to get some offense. And then he had several, a couple other dunks himself and just like kept getting to the hoop, kept getting like if he gets going left and he gets to his jumper, like it's almost automatic. And he kept getting to that too. I mean, he was, he was great just getting to the hoop. He was so crazy stat. Hmm? No, no, I can't really. Please, take it. you're gonna love it. So, oh, fine. Uh, in the last four seasons, okay, including this year, they shot 21 threes tonight. Okay, see, how many games over the last four seasons do you think they've shot 21 or fewer threes? I mean, it's got to be just like a handful. Like it can't be very Five. many. That's a great guess. And actually, including tonight, that is correct. Yeah! Wow. Isn't that wild? Yeah, they've only had five games. I, I just I was looking over the box score because I knew they didn't have like a great game from three. Mm -hmm. But then I'm like, they only took 21 threes? Yeah. That is That's so crazy. few. Yeah. Well, yeah, they pump fake themselves <laughs> off the line like the entire game, too. 
I'm talking yeah. about those Chet pump fakes. I was watching that because we just talked about that it's yesterday. Pretty, so yeah. I was really watching it tonight. I was like, all right, it seems like the decisions were a little better tonight. And there was one point in the third quarter specifically where he pump faked, and then you could tell, like, oh, I should have just taken that shot because then the ball came back to him and he put up the shot. Yeah. And he missed. But I think he was thinking about it. Um, he was better. I mean, they just didn't settle. In that Kings game, you had a lot of settling for jumpers, especially from J-Dub and then from some other people too. And tonight they just played so strong. Like everyone was just driving, moving the ball, like just really playing strong and aggressive the entire game, and it really helped. Well, how about that J-Dub? I mean, you already mentioned it, but that play at the end – when he drives to the rim and everyone collapses on him, mm-hmm. yeah. And as he's doing it, I'm thinking, pass it. Like this is the, what, what what's going to happen? And it somehow turns into like a pretty easy layup for him. <laughs> like it didn't even look that difficult. Yeah. And in the moment, I was just like, how how did he do that? Because it it looked like it was about to be such a bad decision because he was mm-hmm. driving into like three guys, and then it turns out to just be like an easy layup. And and in the moment, it was just so huge. It was such a huge play. Mm-hmm. It was a huge play. And we've talked about it before, but like his reach, him and Shea have that thing where they, if they go up and there's a defender on them and they're going up for a layup aggressively, their reach, there's a way that they can like move their arm that it's just, somehow the ball is five inches away from the defender when they put the ball up. And Jada has wings, that. He's so good at it. Yeah. 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 I thought, Long arms. I honestly thought this was such a, this is like the best win of the season for the Thunder. One, it's like you're on the road. You're against Jokic and Murray. Like That's a huge deal. And I thought that they have really stepped up physically against them. Like the physicality in this game was on full tilt for both teams. And I thought yeah. the Thunder delivered. And like this is kind of, this is like what you want to see from this group. Because a lot of times it's like, oh man, like the Thunder aren't big enough, or they're not strong enough, or they're not old enough, or they're not this or that or that. But I think like what the Thunder for like front office and coaching staff is is like, hey, like prove that you can compete with everybody. You know, go out and prove it. Like be physical enough. And tonight I thought they were. I thought they played such great defense down the stretch. Thought they played with great physicality. And it was like the core group. Like it was like the the best three players on the team, like really showed up in a big, big way. I I was like I was thoroughly impressed with with them tonight. I mean, a, a lot of it is like they just hit their, got to the hoop and then hit their mid range shots. You know, they're fifty one percent overall from the field to the Nuggets forty four point seven percent. You know, they got out rebounded by the Nuggets uh, forty seven to forty. Uh, the Nuggets had 30 assists to the Thunder's 22, which is like the Thunder just drove the ball a lot and got to their pull-up Jays a lot. Um, points in the paint, 64 to 52 for the Thunder. Like that, that shows like great physicality for them. And it was it was such a great game because it was so low turnover too um, for both yeah. teams. Yeah, I thought both teams were so so good at just like taking care of the basketball and making good plays. And rarely did you see like. There was like a like a back to back turnover uh, for both teams in the fourth quarter, but that was like really the only messy basketball that I felt like I saw. Okay, I have, I have more uh, crazy stats for you. Okay, so uh, 
both of the teams, their offenses scored over 120 points per 100 possessions, which is like incredible. That's great. Which is kind of what you're talking about. Like both of these teams were playing really well. They weren't turning the ball over. Listen to this, okay? OKC took 46% of their shots at the rim. Denver took 44% of their shots at the rim. Both of those are in the 92nd and higher percentile. OKC shot 75.8% at the rim. (laughs) Denver shot 48.7%. Fifth percentile. That's That's the chat effect. 48.7%. And you know what I- 48.7%. Remember all the, like every game over the last three seasons. It's yeah. like, oh, the Hornets just shot 90% at the rim against the Thunder. Mm-hmm. To go into Denver and hold them to under 50% at the rim, like that, that is incredible. Yeah. It is. And I was gonna mention, I thought the Thunder did a really good job of not letting Denver switch uh defensive players like reggie like say Jokic would come up with a pick and they were going for a switch it might switch for a second but they were really good at like chet running back onto Jokic or whoever or jay will or whoever and they made such good timing on that switch back and um i thought i think that was a really big part of it too because Jokic just could not get a good he he couldn't get like those consistent back downs that he usually can go to in in crucial times Mm mm-hmm did you guys notice that play where it was the play? Uh, it was the, it was the lob for um, Aaron Gordon that that I texted you guys and said that the Denver announcer said was one of the greatest lob passes you'll ever see. <laughs> he said, given the time of the game, and of course I'm thinking of like that Kobe Shack lob from the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Like, yep, no, it's no, right up there. <laughs> this is, trust, trust me, trust me, it's way better. But or like on the LeBron play, and D Wade one, the the like yeah. uh, legendary picture. Okay, those fine. Those are one and two, but that was third. <laughs> uh, if you watch that play, it looked like there was some miscommunication between Kaysen and Shea. Yeah, and then immediately after that play, Shea goes all the way down. Has I think it was an N1 finish. He falls down, and right when he hits the ground, he's immediately yelling at Kaysen. Yeah, like he and I'm assuming he was pissed about that previous play. Yeah. Yeah, no question. I thought that was very funny. Yeah. I, when I was thinking about, when we were talking about Chet and his effect at the rim and how the Nuggets only shot, was it 42% at the rim? What was it? 44? Yeah, keep keep going lower. Uh, it was actually 48. 35. 40, uh, 4%, I think. You said a 4? Four. Four. I think was only. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about like the, the delay of game that was called on the Nuggets, and Jokic was... Super missed. Yeah. Super. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to attack. I did too. And he, and he's just, start, I mean, he just gets the ball and he's just barreling down the court. Like you can tell like, okay, like what's going to happen here? <laughs> like, is he going to, I felt like he was just going to destroy us at that point. Like, I felt like he was just going to yeah. be like super saiyan on us. And he drives in and Chet just meets him at the rim, you know, just stays vertical, goes up. Jokic has to like adjust in midair, which you always think, like when he's adjusting and looks weird, the ball almost always goes in. Um, but he just like ends up just throwing it off the backboard because he just can't get the ball up over Chet. And there was like maybe it was after his seventh block, there became like this like true like fear factor with Chet yeah. because they were I mean they were attacking him a lot and obviously he got a lot of blocks. He had nine in this game, but he affected things so much. Uh, Joe Mosato had this stat. Uh, First of all, happy birthday to Joe Masato. 
today. Oh, wow. Happy birthday. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you. We don't have to do the whole oh, thing. I was hoping you were doing it. <laughs> so. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Uh, Chet had 17, 11, and 9 blocks. Only four other rookies in the history of the league have had that stat line or better. The players are Alonzo Mourning did it twice in 92, 93. Mm. Shaq did it twice or did it once in 92, 93. David Robinson, 89, 90, did it three times. And Ralph Sampson did it in 83, 84. It hasn't been done. This hasn't been done since 92, 93. By a rookie, wow! And that's those are like all those names are like some of the most elite rookies ever, ever. Yeah, I mean that's that is insane company right there, and in a meaningful game because a lot of times when rookies are putting up all these stats, you're like, oh, this is great, look at all these stats, but like it's not meaningful, you know? Like they're just somebody has to put up the points, somebody has to do it. But this was in a win against Denver, like against the guy that everyone says, like, well, there's no way that Chet can compete with a guy like Jokic. And he does, he puts up that stat line against that team. Like that makes it even more impressive. You know, what's crazy. I feel like there is, um, there has been something all rookie season with Chet where his best games have come in the best games for the Thunder and the best wins. I don't feel like there's like a disappointing loss where you look at a Chet line and he like just went off anyway. It's like if Chet, if Chet has a really good game, the Thunder win. That's it. it he doesn't really put up good stats on bad in bad games, and I think that that is really telling on how important he is for the success of this team. Obviously, we know that. You know what I'm saying? There was another yeah. thing that I thought was interesting about all nine blocks he had tonight. Uh, the broadcast said he had nine blocks and he blocked six different Denver players. That means three Denver players were blocked multiple times, or or maybe one was blocked like three times. I don't know who <laughs> was blocked, but I think that has to uh, play into what you were saying too. When they were scared, say you're a player and you've already been blocked. Say you're, uh, you know, MPJ or Jamal Murray, you've already been blocked twice. Right. Twice, not once, but twice. Now you're like really thinking about it extra hard. Yeah. And I thought that that was funny. I loved thinking about three players on Denver and just being like, damn, I got blocked twice by this same guy. <laughs> it's is, it is incredible. I mean, what what a game from Chet. I mean, he was he was great. Hit some shots, caught the lob, you know, just moving without the ball. Uh so the Thunder are 16 and 8 after this win. And the, the West is so tight. I mean, they're they're sitting at second in the West right now, only three games back of the of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, they so they're only let's see, they're three games behind them. The six seeded Rockets are only two games behind the Thunder. The ninth seeded Pelicans are only two games behind the Thunder. I mean, like the West wow. is really tight, and so like these yeah. games are outrageously important to get wins like this. I mean, this this is going to like be one of the games that's going to determine seeding because if you can beat a team that you're like you have about the same record as the Nuggets going into this game, like the West is so tough, it's going to be so tough, and getting like wins here and there like this 
not only like this is a huge statement when obviously um, but it's important for like the standings down the road because it's going to be just like minuscule between even one and seven in the West when it comes down to it. They just needed a game like this. Like, do, do you guys know how many wins they have against teams currently in the top six in either conference? Four. Uh, it's not very, it can't be very many. I don't know the exact number. It's two. It's two. just Denver and Dallas. Yeah, because if you think about the games that we think as like good wins, like two of the or three of those were Golden State, who's just not a good team. Mm -hmm. Like they're out of the playoff picture completely. Mm -hmm. You know, Phoenix, who's in the 10th seed, got a game against them. Lakers, they're in the eighth seed. Atlanta, they're out of the playoff picture right now. Mm -hmm. It really is those like Cleveland games, who's currently 14 and 12 and falling apart. Like they needed a game like this against an objectively great team in the league. Yeah. You know, and it could be against, you know, Minnesota. It could be against a team like Boston, Milwaukee, Philly. Like, those are all, like, high-quality wins if you beat any of those teams. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like they needed something like that because their record right now against teams under 500 is 10-1. and one. Yeah. Like, they are creaming every team. I didn't oh. say it. I'm sorry, Taylor. I shouldn't have said it. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why I said it. I meant to say crushing. <laughs> For some that reason. That was an aggressive creaming, too. That, <laughs> that was a pretty aggressive that one. That was a full force cream. Oh, that was pretty aggressive. But that means that they're, oh, well, you can do the math. It, it means, that, you know, they, they're, they're still under 500 against teams 500 or over. Yeah. Um, and, of course, that's. I think that takes into account, like, what their record was at the time they played them. I think. How does that work? Um, I but I don't know. I just, I just felt I was waiting for a game like this. I just felt like they needed something like this as a measuring stick game. Yeah, I mean, and they didn't cream them. You know, it was very close. <laughs> but Shay did. Shay did at the that, end. That was a creaming by Shay at Dude, the end there. That that shot was. I I immediately thought of that video. I mean, never meant to be so cold, or never meant to be so cold. Oh, yeah, cold. dude. Isn't that great? <laughs> that's like the first. That's, I feel so dumb. <laughs> that's, that's the like, first thing you thought that's of. That's the first, the first thing. Never meant to, to be, be so, so cold. cold. It's like in slow motion already in your head. <laughs> that's the first thing I thought I of whenever that happened. Yeah. Uh, I could not believe well, it. Hey, uh, if, if the Denver announcers are going to say that was one of the best lob passes ever, I think that was like. One of the best, like game-winning shots for the Thunder, in yeah. just in the fact that you knew when he took it, it was going in. Like he got so much mm. uh, distance between him and the defender, so much separation, and he hits that shot all the time. And you could see it on the sidelines. Royce Young pointed it out that Trey Mann was like already celebrating once yeah. he saw what shot it was before yeah, it yeah. even went in. And that's how I felt because like we've seen that shot is automatic oh, at the end yeah. of games for Shea. And so when you saw him get to that spot and you think back to like all the terrible end of game, like shots to go ahead. Oh, where it's just like dribble it out and then just like chunk it it, from like four feet behind the line. To get a shot that good. And also like, how did he get a shot that good? Why did they, why were they not throwing everyone a double? Yeah, that's wild. I mean, I mean, part of it is that they had been throwing everybody and they'd been making good passes, you know? Yeah. Like they they had just seen the Chet lob, you know. They had just had J Dub, you know, streaking down the lane, 
and get into the hoop. So it's like not just that. I mean, that's the beauty of this team. Then you, like, you have Isaiah Joe out there. And that's the beauty of this team right now. Is like there's a lot of weapons. And it's like not yeah. just Shea anymore. You know, for a long well, time it also, was just Shea. Also, that there was no timeout there, right? So Isaiah yeah. Joe gets the offensive rebound. It kind of dribbles around. So Denver's probably just trying to get back on defense, looking at the time, like they're all kind of confused. I mean, if there was a timeout, they might have been like, hey, if Shea gets a ball, double him up here, blah, blah, blah. You could plan for it. So there's probably some confusion there as well of like, what what do we do? Okay, just stay here. Watch, you know, watch Isaiah Joe, like you were saying, Andrew. Watch J-Dub was having a good game. Chet was having a good game. I mean, it was scary hours out there. It really was. It's, it's amazing. It was amazing. I mean, it's that's that's going to be like one of the shots. I mean, it's how entertaining has this season been so far for very. the Thunder? Like outrageous. In positive, in positive and negative ways, very entertaining. I mean, so I mean, we had like the we've had several emergency pods. I don't really even remember doing these <laughs> before this season, uh, honestly. Yeah, I mean, if you were just ranking like top five games of this season, you'd put the two overtime Golden State games. Those games were awesome. Yeah, yeah, Those were the, great. Cl- the Cleveland game early on in the season where they were down ten with like mm-hmm. yeah four seconds left. I mean, that's not accurate, but that's what it felt like. It felt like so impossible that they were going. And then to win the Denver that game. game. And the Denver game. Um, what do you who, uh, throw some nominations in the chat? Who who's going to be the fifth game, fifth best game? I mean, down to dunk night was pretty great. Yeah, but that was, was a, we're biased. It was a blowout. We need to give unbiased uh, choice. Uh, some might say they creamed them. That, we were the was, first. That was a you know the the Detroit uh, win was actually the first of their losing streak, which I didn't realize until today. Yeah. That was game number one. Dude, I sat down. We were the ones who broke them. I I, I sat down with James Edwards. I had dinner with James Edwards that night, and we were talking about. He was like, "Am I crazy to think that this team is good? That this Pistons team is good?" Oh no, that was our. Did you tell him yes? No, I thought. I mean, at the time, I mean, it had been like just a few games, and they had won two of them. Yeah, yeah, I think. I mean, they're yeah because they were they were two and one. Yeah. Uh. And and then, and then they were two and two, and now they are two and twenty four. Yeah, the the Phoenix Yow. win in Phoenix was good. I mean, yeah, Durant was playing in that game. Um, I mean, beating the Lakers as soundly as they did was also like pretty impressive. I thought like that was a good one. Dallas, I mean Dallas is the other one, obviously. Yeah. Like Dallas is the yeah. ob- the obvious yeah. pick. Where you are up by so many, and then oh yeah, <laughs> give up oh, the yeah. thirty to nothing run, and then battle. I mean, that's the other one, right? And, yeah, and like the that's fact our that top five, yeah, obviously. SGA scores uh, seventeen in that game. Yeah. Well, now we need Dallas again post Luca baby because ooh, ever since he's become a dad, have you guys seen what the numbers he's been putting up? Yeah. Having I think a he child was, I think he was post baby then. Was it? I think so. Yeah, it was. I'll, I'll go it look was. up the That was actually records. the first game post-baby. Oh, really? Yeah, go. check the birth certificate on that one. <laughs> I, mean, that's, I, mean, that's, I mean, that's 100% wow. true. 
Do you guys remember what he did in that game? What Luca we'll did in that game? We'll check the hospital. Yeah, it was like yeah. he had. I mean, his thirty six, line... fifteen, and eighteen. Yeah, <laughs> I remember because like, I remember like Dallas fans were trying to dunk on me after I was like posting about how crazy the game was, and they yeah. were like trying to dunk on me with Luca's stat line. I'm like, I, I don't care. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, well, we've made it twenty eight minutes without saying his name. Uh, do you guys want to have the giddy conversation? Because he played his fewest minutes of... I don't even know if it's the entire season. Is that the lowest of his career? Play, he ended up playing 17 minutes. Mm, I don't know. Is that even... It is the lowest of the season for sure? It has to be. I mean, you, yeah. 17? 17 is not many, but I don't know if it's... I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Yeah, he... 17... I mean, he clear he did don't, not play well. It. He wasn't he wasn't playing well. He wasn't contributing. Um, uh, he played seventeen against Dallas. Actually, that that the game that we were just talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, I, don't, he, I think yeah. that there were some other games where he didn't play a whole lot. Uh, yeah, I mean, he came off of a good game. Um, against Sacramento. wait a second, I'm sorry, I was looking at that box score. That's why I said that he played fifteen tonight. Yes, it was his lowest. Oh wow, of the season. What other what other totals we got? I don't know why I can't get this. Uh, so last season, his lowest played was 19 minutes. Okay. And then his rookie season, his lowest played was 19 minutes. So, yes, that is the fewest minutes that Josh Giddy has ever played in the NBA tonight. Yeah. I mean, warranted. Pretty interesting. You know. I mean, he didn't. He well, I, I thought it was so interesting because the, the game started out, like, pretty well. You yeah. know, like, the starters didn't get killed. And... Then he brought him back like five minutes left in the second quarter, mm-hmm. and he didn't finish the quarter. He took him out at like three minutes. And there were, I'm guessing there were a couple reasons. I know there were a few defensive plays um, where it just looked like he got lost or then he was getting blown by. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a few you know, low-light offensive plays I mean, the one that's sticking out in my head is the one where he got it picked, um, but that was that was later. I think that was in the second half. Yeah, where he tried um, to. Sp- yeah, I, I mean, where he had it on the break and then sp- yeah tried to spin through yeah. two opponents and just lost the ball. Yeah, yeah, but I I was surprised how quick the trigger was for Mark at the end of that second quarter because mm-hmm. I assumed when he brought him back in because it wasn't like he had had a terrible or it wasn't like the team had played terrible when he had been on the court in that. Yeah. In that first quarter, in that first stint. Uh-huh. So when he came back in with five minutes left before the half, I was assuming, okay, he's just going to leave him in there. Mm-hmm. And for him to take him that quickly, I thought was pretty telling. Yeah. And I was actually surprised when he made it back into the game mm-hmm. in the third quarter because mm-hmm. then he starts the second half with Jay Will yeah. in his place. And I was sort of thinking like, oh, man, this he, he might just be done for the night. Yeah. But he did get back in. Yeah, and I thought he eventually br- sat him again. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it all to me it comes down to this: is like defensively, he has to compete harder than he has. Like he just has to. And we've seen him be better than this um, in games in the past. He just has to be better. Like, and we always say it. We say it about everybody else. Like everybody else has the accountability of if you don't defend, you don't play. I mean. Trey Mann, the reason that he's clapping on the sidelines and isn't in the game is because he doesn't compete on defense all the time. You know, like that's the problem. 
Same with probably Mitzic. Same with Bertans. Like, why do those guys not play? They're not as competitive on on defense. And Giddy just wasn't tonight. There were several plays where guys just kind of got easily past him into the hoop. And to me, that was like the glaring reason why. Because like you look at, like he, he was passing the ball well tonight. He had four assists in those 15 minutes, you know. But it's on defense. Like you can't, you can't give up a ton of points, especially when you're not contributing a ton of points on the other end. Like, and we always. I mean, but what's t- so interesting about that is that that's always been the case. And so, if he's going to start being held to the same standard as those other guys you just mentioned, his minutes are going to drop precipitously. Because yes, yeah. we have seen him have moments where he's had good games defensively, mm-hmm. but on the whole. Like him getting blown by is a very normal occurrence in a Thunder game. So if Mark's going to start pulling him for those reasons, like I, I mean, his minutes are going to start drying up. Yeah. Well, I mean, c- competitively though, he just doesn't look as engaged. That's that's just my opinion. I don't know if everybody feels that way, but it just doesn't. He he's not he's not as in the game as he has been in the past. Yeah, he's got defensive limitations, and I would never like. You can't fault him for the defensive limitations that he has. But, like, you can see when guys are competing and when they're not. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, it was pretty obvious to me tonight. And there – I mean, there might have been a very specific defensive game plan tonight that they had because they're playing Denver that Josh was just missing all of his assignments or what the – you know, what the purpose or what the plan was tonight. And that might be why – he was pulled so quickly defensively as well. Because there's all the mm-hmm. stuff we can see, but there's a lot of stuff that we can't see that Coach is yelling at them for as well. Totally. Yeah, We. I mean, we don't know the specific reasons why Mark pulled him, but I think that we can make – we can draw some conclusions. Um, and also, like, there's just guys that better fit around him. I mean, and Jay Will. I mean, they started Jay Will in the third quarter, like you mentioned, and he played really well. He's three or four from three. Very low usage competing i mean jay will has limitations defensively too like the dude competed like all 22 minutes that he played you know i mean dort has deficiencies as an offensive player but like the dude never stops competing like you'll never question you know how he's competing and like i i can't like i don't blame josh because i think it's he's in a He's in a rough circumstance. I mean, there he's getting he's still getting booed. You know, you could hear it through the broadcast like pretty loud. I, I felt like Denver was pretty loud compared to other arenas. Yeah, and like I just wonder if like cuz it I I don't feel like I've heard it quite as loud recently, but I just wonder if that like gets to him. I mean, I, I mean no one would blame somebody who's 21 if that got to them. But like mm-hmm. I just you just like you just wonder if it did, I just uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I in some ways feel like I'm I'm higher on this team than you are, Andrew. Not not necessarily for like this current iteration of the team, but mm-hmm. I just keep coming back to the fact that they have an MVP candidate, like legitimately a top three guy in the league. Mm-hmm. Every advanced stat has him in the top three. How rare that alone is. And to have him on his first max contract. Trill Bro Dude brought this up sometime in the third quarter. And it's something that we talked about last week. But then to also have Chet on a rookie deal mm-hmm. playing like an all-star. 
Like same thing with Shea. Every advanced metric has him like usually in the top ten, which is crazy. Because mm-hmm. you look at every other guy around him on these lists, and they're automatic all-stars. They're guys like you don't even think about mm-hmm. being an all-star. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, obviously, if those guys are healthy, they're making an all-star game. Mm-hmm. You know, someone like Kawhi Leonard. Look, is he, if he's healthy, he's, in, he's going to be in the all-star game. To have a guy like that on a rookie contract com- combined with Shea, like, I get all the talk about the future and wanting to wait, but... That combination is so rare, and it is an opportunity. And it doesn't mean that you have to seize that opportunity because you don't want to just like make a deal. I mean, everyone was talking about wanting John Collins this summer, and <laughs> you could have gotten him for super cheap. Yeah. And now Utah like doesn't even want him. Yeah. And they will. They might have to give up something unless it's Detroit. <laughs> I actually think that's where this is all headed. I think Detroit mm-hmm. is going to trade for John Collins. But oh, like, if you're another team, <laughs> don't you think though? Doesn't that make sense? Uh, he should he should theoretically be an upgrade over Isaiah Stewart. I mean, there's there's hundreds of players that would be. Well, that's true as well. But I mean, to have a guy seventy five million dollars left, like I get it. You don't want to make that type of a deal where then all of a sudden you get stuck with this guy and you're like, oh man, I really wish we hadn't have rushed into that. Mm-hmm. Because I think there's a legit chance that Utah is going to have to give up like a small asset just to get off of that contract at this yeah. point. Because yeah. now we're on team two with John Collins. Yeah. So it's not no that I think they need to rush into anything. But man, I would be seriously considering it, trades in, the, in a way that I wasn't thinking about trades at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean, I guess my my thought is like... One, do they know exactly what they need? And then two, is that need can you meet that need with a player that has like that is either like extension eligible at like a cost that would be that would work, um, or like has a long enough contract that you feel okay with it? Because like I mean, I just think about Cleveland right now, and I like the Thunder are in a better position than Cleveland because they have Shea, but. I just think about like what Cleveland did when they traded for Donovan Mitchell and it's like, Oh, that's cool. You know? And like the Donovan Mitchell rumors are like, like pretty loud at this point. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash dunk. 
That's linkedin.com slash dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. How about him not? Yeah, but but, but imagine Cleveland making that trade, already having a top three player in the league on their team. Yeah, I mean, that's... It's, it's a completely different trade. It's it's cool. I just... I'm, I'm all, I, they traded for Mitchell to be their best player. The Thunder are not going to be trading for their best player. We know that. They might not even be trading for their second best player yeah. at this point. I mean, like, you have options? You have ideas? Well, I mean... Steph. Steph. Can we get Steph? What do you think about that? I, I mean, how many first-rounders would it take to get Luka. Steph? Luka. Ten, Embiid, ten first-rounders. Uh, I mean, Jokic just saw how good we were. He's probably thinking. <laughs> hey, t- real quick on uh, on Jokic. Yeah, rem- reminded me of Poku. Um, did you see Poku at the beginning of the game? He was giving. You, you talked about not having a lot of energy on defense for Giddy. Poku's handshakes at the beginning of the game were some of the most low energy handshakes I have seen. I think he's checked out. I think he's checked out, Andrew. I didn't like the look at any of those handshakes. Oh, please, why, why wasn't you, even looking man, at the guys. Like you're you're trying to you're trying to poke and prod me in every way possible. Now you're like, I know, I am, try I know. to like. I was trying to poke and prod you. Ah, Come on, don't try to poke and prod me. I think Poku's just low T right now. I think he's just. I think they got to test his testosterone Poku? levels. I think that's all you're seeing, yeah. Goku. Goku. Uh, incredible win. Incredible win. I, I mean, I, I just think, I also think the Thunder have time. Like, they have they have like the luxury of, of time to figure why this do you, out. Why do we keep saying that when the entire takeaway from the first iteration of the Thunder was like, oh, we didn't have as much time as we thought? That was our big takeaway from the KD Rush years. Sh- oh, we thought we had so much time in 2013. Turns out we had like <laughs> two seasons to try to figure things out. Two they seasons. were so young back then. Yeah, because what seasons actually mattered after 2013? Like, it was basically 2016. That was the only chance they really had when you factor in all the injuries that they, they went through. They got one real shot after that finals appearance. So, like, we can't say that we have time. We might not. I mean, maybe not, but I just I disagree with you. I disagree. With On you. what? I mean, but do you not agree that in 2013 Chet has we played have said 23 games, and he's already playing at an All Star level? Like you're making my point for me. We already have the guys. We have the number one and yeah, number I, two players on our teams. If you if there's a guy out there that makes sense, you're gonna you're gonna push it off just because you want to wait a little bit longer. We we have a little bit more time. Yeah. We don't need to make a move. Like if you could, let's just say, let's just say for the sake of argument, Lowry Markinen is available, and you have to give up a lot, Andrew. You have to give yeah. up a lot to get him. And you're not. And if you don't do it now, it's not going to happen because some other team is going to step up and they're going to trade for him. Yeah. You have to give up a lot, even more than whatever we talked about on Slam and Jam. Even more? No, 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 no. Why? Why though? Like why not? Like by the time, like. There's so much opportunity right now that is not going to be there yeah. in three years. This opportunity right now will not be there. Okay, well, give, because give, all these guys give are going to be somebody on that's actually realistic. Like we can talk about theoretical stuff. Like we can talk theoretical. Like the Jazz are not trading marketing this year. If if you give them the type of deal we're 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 talking about, Andrew, there, I am thinking in my head they would. You say that, but like 
they're not trading Markkinen. <laughs> like I'll say it again. Like they're not trading Larry Markkinen. Like we can we can be, but give me somebody who's like actually on the trade market that would actually you think would complete this team. I mean, I don't think they're trading Markkinen for picks. Like I don't think they're doing that. Uh, that's fine. Um. I mean, realistically, I I know I've poo-pooed this idea in the past, um, but OG Ananobi would be, like, massive on this team. He would be massive on this team. If you just swap out him for Giddy, that starting lineup is insane. What's the insane. Tra- what's, what's the trade that gets you OG Ananobi? And, is, and like, the problem is with OG, I know. With he's OG a, he's, he's specifically. Unrestricted free agent. You unrestricted free agent. And a guy who has in the past said no to Oklahoma City. I know, I know. So like that's that's also a, like cool, but like there are like that that's a no, that's a no for me, dog. Here's the deal, though. Eventually, <laughs> you're going to have to take a risk. Like the second, but the Presti thing is, you don't have move, to take a risk of- right now. That's that's my thing. Is like give me the give me but the you- player, give me the trade that okay. actually makes sense. And like so far, we're zero for two. But the farther you push this back, push you know where you, you can end push up. Push it back, dude. They're second in the West right now. I know. Andrew. What am I I'm pushing back? You, they're really good. They have they're the luxury really good, of being patient and waiting for like. There's going to be somebody that comes available that's actually really good, that maybe has a longer term deal that they could actually get. And so like I. My this appetite sort of, for that you know, kind of player will surface of at some point, but I just don't see them right now. Risk. It's the exact thing that landed us where we did with Katie and Russ. We have to, we have plenty of time. We don't need to take risks. And then you end up in 2015 trading for Deion Waiters and Ennis Cantor because all of a sudden you have to make a move. But listen, they have way more picks than they did then, though. I know that. I mean, they I have way that. more I'm ammo. Like they, they had one back then. They had their own pick, and that was it. And now, like they're not uh, going to they be all in that situation. Firsts, yeah, I know. I know. I, I w- saying- listen. If there's a player that makes total sense that is available that they could get, like I can get on board with that. But like, I just I, we can talk about theoretical stuff. But like, th- this is like a this is real life though, and I just don't know who that player well, is. I mean, okay, so you, but you're open to the idea of a trade. If it's the Is right if it's the right player that's all I'm and, saying and somebody that's available that's all I'm saying I know but I just want we, I just want a name but why because it's it's just, it's just philosophical like are you willing to make a huge trade right now or are you so committed to waiting and be patient that you wouldn't do a deal for the sake of you waiting you you would be open to making a deal, right? If it, yeah, if it's the right player, absolutely. Yeah, that's all. And would we? I don't know if we would have said that at the beginning. Of, if you would have said that at the beginning of the year, as confidently. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, I th- I think it's the same thing for the team. Like, if it's the right player, with the right kind of contract, that like you could like I mean, feel like you could fill in. You know. Like and and also like planning for the future, you know, for for the cap future and all that. Like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things to consider whenever you're trying to trade for somebody. Let, but, let me ask you it this way: like, based on how they've played so far this season, mm-hmm. we just saw an amazing win. 
Would you say that has changed your opinion of how far along they are compared to where you were at the start of the season? How um, close they are to a championship compared to where, where you thought they were at the beginning of the season? I need to see him play in the playoffs before I think about even before I think about a championship. Okay, here's the problem with y'all's argument. Andrew just rejects the premise from the start. So you're not gonna win. I've been watching this, trying to judge this best I can. Alex, you made really good points. Andrew is just rejecting the entire argument from the start, denying it. I know he's he's presty pilled. He's presty pilled. I just His brain to- is rotted with pressed worms. And they're wanting to see, I mean, like wanting to see like young 20 year olds play in the playoffs before I decide that they need to make some like life altering trade play in the playoffs to know that Josh Giddy is going to be a negative on this team going forward. (laughs) I don't need to see it. I know it. I know it for a fact. If they every minute he plays continuing on this team is holding back this team ceiling. I absolutely believe it. I don't need to see it in the playoffs. You think suddenly in the playoffs he's going to start playing defense? I'm not even talking about Giddy right now. Like I'm not even mentioning Giddy's name. Like I'm not talking about Josh Giddy right now. I know, but he's the the most obvious piece to swap out. Yeah, yeah. But you think you can trade Josh Giddy right now? Oh, I don't. I don't. You think they're going to trade so many other assets as we talked about? They're not going to trade Josh Giddy right now. Um, there will there will come a time. I mean, if if this team continues on the track they're on, they win 50 games, they go to the playoffs, they lose in round one or round two. Like, I am all for the idea of, like, trying to find somebody in the summer to bring to this team and to change things. And if, like, if it becomes true that Giddy is unplayable in the playoffs, then, like, yeah, they need to figure something out because he's extension eligible this this next summer. Like, you have to start thinking about, like, what, what does his future look like? I mean, absolutely. You have to do that. I just don't... I, my only pushback is just like 23 games in. One, I just don't think they're going to do anything. So like we can, we can yell into the sky as much as we want that we want them and to I do will. something. But like it's not going to happen. We can yell about Larry Markin as much as we want. I love Jake Fisher. Jake Fisher is spitballing on this. And that's okay. Like that's uh, Jake's great. I love Jake, but like he's spitballing on this one with the Thunder, you know. Well, I don't even. And he's. It's not like he's dis- being deceiving in any way. He he literally <coughs> says like other people are saying they would expect OKC to be interested. Like they. He, That's like, what I'm saying. He's spitballing. You know. <laughs> no. Well, well, I know, but like it's not like he's. But making it a report. But there are people even in this chat right now that are saying it is well reported that Lowry Markin is available. It's like, okay, come on. Uh, I mean, a- Andy Larson, who works for the, I think it's the Tribune yeah. in Salt Lake City, he, he said they aren't interested in trading him, but similar to Gobert, if there was a deal that overwhelmed them, they definitely would consider it. Like Danny Ainge isn't going to just be stubborn on a team that's obviously going to be a lottery team yeah. if they get some oh, crazy deal. Of course. But like we, and we've talked about it. Like it's ideal for them to lose and keep marketing. Like that's great. That's actually a better situation than like winning, you know, enough to like barely miss the play in, you know, with with marketing. Like it's better to do what they're doing. So like just bring just bring me the player. People, people on Twitter, people in the chat, like, I'll consider it. 
I just don't see any name that's actually realistic. That's to be all. fair, to I, I know we're talking about like how patient they are. I know he wasn't a big name, but Presty went and got Nanad Kerstich pretty early, and proactive, pro very proactive. And when that didn't work, or when it kind of ran its course, he then immediately went and got Kendrick Perkins. Reactive. Like, he he was very aggressive early in a cycle. Yeah, and we saw it. He saw a deficiency, he saw a need, and he was aggressive. I yeah. know that he's been preaching patience, but if he feels the same way about this team where he feels, okay, I've seen enough where I have identified what we clearly need, I don't think it would be surprising for him to go after that. It, it all depends on when he believes that the team has declared themselves. Like He said this publicly. He said it publicly. Like When the team declares themselves ready, then he'll do it. And he has more ammo than he's ever had. I'll be honest, man. As long as they keep playing giddy, like they're not going to declare themselves. But they just beat Denver. <laughs> what are we doing with with giddy playing fifteen minutes? I don't. I don't even know why you keep bringing giddy up right now. Like they just won like an because awesome I game. Th- I think it is the most important decision that OKC will make going forward in like the next nine months. Because if they sign him to a contract, I think it will be a significantly bad decision that will hamper this team going forward. I think they need to make a decision in season instead of just playing this out, playing him 30 minutes every single night and just hoping that something's going to turn around. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really believe that the giddy question is has become like a very important fork in the road for this team's early, like in, the, in this early part of the process. I really do believe that. I don't disagree. Did you believe that the first 10 games of the season? Um... I'll be honest with you, because he wasn't great early in the season. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's true. I wasn't thinking about it in the same way. I think what happened with the investigation is it did allow me to like take some of the fan blinders off and actually sit back and think about Giddy in a more objective way, in a way that I wasn't previously. Dude, I, I loved Giddy's game when he was a rookie. Mm-hmm. I've never bought an NBA jersey, and he was my first NBA jersey I've ever bought. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, I, I loved the way he played his rookie year. Mm-hmm. But I had, I definitely had rose colored glasses on with him because the, some of the things that, I mean, you can go back to that original, like, <laughs> that draft YouTube thing that had his weaknesses, you know? Mm-hmm. You go back to that, all those are true. They were all true his rookie year, they were all true now. Like he was still able to put up really good counting stats in spite of those weaknesses, but all those weaknesses were accurate in terms of like ball handling, defensive skills, all of that. And I think that for his first two seasons and going into his third year, I, I just really liked Giddy and I liked his game. And so I was not willing to look at him critically. And that changed for me. And when I was able to step back, it just became a lot more obvious to me. And another part of that, I have to admit, is the team getting better. The team getting better changed everything for me. Like the team around, mm-hmm. like non-giddy players. Mm-hmm. The fact that Kaysen came into this league and immediately is a contributor. The fact that Chet came into this league and is immediately an all-star. Like I went from thinking about Giddy in a completely different way six months ago, where I was, you know, I mean, you could have made the case and no one would have faulted you. If after that New Orleans game, 
you're listing out players on the Thunder. If you listed him as the second best player, like some people would have argued with you because J Dub was J Dub was so good at the end of the season, mm-hmm. but it would have been like a normal thing to argue. Now that's like it seems impossible that you would ever argue Giddy as even the third best player, and part of that is acceptance that J Dub is good as he is, and then also the the emergence of Chet. Like it's just a different team that it's been. It's a completely different team. Well, I'll say I'll say this. I think I remember some conversations at the start of the season before Thanksgiving where we were talking about Giddy as like the fourth best guy. And yeah. then and I'll you know, I, I get what you're saying, but since Thanksgiving, since that thing happened, he has been playing worse. I think maybe it did. You were able to take off the rose colored glasses, but objectively he's had a lot more games in which he's just played worse than what we're used to seeing. It's been really inconsistent. And someone in his position, of course he's playing worse. Obviously, there's a mental block there. Who, like, uh, regardless of what you believe is is the truth of that situation, for him, he's going out and getting booed every night. I mean, he's 21. This is the first time. He's played worse. So I, I think it's more than just, you know, you uh, taking off the rose-colored glasses, he's played worse. But mm-hmm. it also mean it doesn't mean this is how he's going to be forever. Yeah. You know, like he could be. If he just – if we get to the end of the season and he's the fourth-best guy on the league, would you have a hard time – or, sorry, on the team, fourth-best guy in the league, would you have well, a hard time really believing that? Team. No, but fourth-best guy on the team, team, would you have a hard time believing that? Uh, Yeah, I would. Because because so, the reality is he has been a negative through his first two seasons. And so he he would need to like fundamentally change who he has been as a player, even even when he was putting up, you know, great stats. Yeah. I mean, like there there is a world where he's I mean, I, the one is like the Thunder are not like reactionary and certainly not reactionary to like the first like 20 games of a season. Especially when we know that, like the out, like Taylor mentioned, like when there's been tons of like outside stuff happening, like they're not going to be reactionary to it. Like the we 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 know them well enough to know that they will not be reactionary to this right now. Like they will they will give it time, you know. And if like people are hoping and praying that like something's going to happen soon, like it ain't going to happen soon. Like it's not. Um. Yeah, I. I think this is still just a wait and see. And if they need to sit Josh at times, I think they need to. But, like, there were games last year, you know, where Giddy, we mentioned the one, the game against Boston, where, like, Giddy just, like, filled in the gaps in places, like, played much better defense, was, like, fully engaged. You know, defensive rebounded, passed the ball. You know, like, there's still a role for that guy on this team. But he has to bring up his level of competition to that level to do it. Like, you just have to be giving everything you have and be like super engaged and i just don't know that he has it in him hey the thunder won this game tonight against the denver nuggets it was awesome it was a cool game Uh, i'm trying to bring this bring this conversation back up um i do think the giddy conversation is important but i also think like we have to know like thanks alex we have to know who we're dealing we have to know like who we're dealing with and like what the team is about and they're just not going to be reactionary to any of this. And so it's they're going to be patient, whether we like it or not. Like, that's just the way that it's going to be. Um, okay, anything else before we go? Any questions from the chat? <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of people in here tonight. I saw someone say, worst emergency pod ever. 
Shout out. <laughs> it started started out so fun. Hey, uh, I waited till 25 minutes, okay? So just listen to the first 25 minutes. Other names, DeAndre Hunter. Oh, DeAndre Hunter, no way. Uh, Nick Claxton. Nick Claxton's not available. Nick Claxton's awesome on a team in the East that's competing night in, night out. They're not trading Nick Claxton. I wish I could enjoy the Nets being better. Uh because you know them being better means that Houston isn't getting as good of a pick, mm-hmm. but then Houston's good, and so it doesn't really matter yeah. anymore. A Kongwu is <sighs> not available. A Kongwu is like they're they're big of the future. Yeah. PJ Washington. PJ, you think PJ Washington's our missing player? No way. Jay Smith. <clears throat> Jay Smith in the chat telling us to stop talking about the trade. <laughs> Sadiq Bay. Sadiq Bay. Come on. I mean, I like Kelly Olynyk. Kelly Olynyk, they could trade for him and it not have anything to do with anything we're talking about. Yeah, they could make that happen pretty easily. And it's not like something that's going to make a big difference. Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins has been so bad. Pascal, Siak- Pascal Siakam's not a guy for this team. He's also going to be a free agent. Uh, we should mention uh, Isaac Herrera paid $5 to say, Chet is incredible. Chet keeps on proving why he deserves Rookie of the Year. Almost feels like a lock at this point. Hey, I have a I question. Mean, He's good. About our finances. Who's though. getting that five dollars? Uh, I, I, I honestly don't even know how to access that. <laughs> I need to figure that out. Um, <laughs> Patrick Williams. Come on, people. <laughs> Patrick Williams. Oh. You guys are oh, great. Man. You guys are awesome. Go. Send me names. Go. Yeah, I got to go to bed. Uh, thanks so much for listening to our podcast. Oh, we got it. We went an hour. Oh, my gosh. I did not intend to yeah. go an hour. Just split them into two pods. I, and I'm actually being serious. The uh, happy emergency pod and the giddy pod? Yeah. No, dude, just call <laughs> the, uh, the emergency pod and the trade pod. Yeah. You could, you could release one uh, and just separate them by a little bit. Yeah. Um, all right. Hope you guys have an awesome day. <laughs> Good luck. You know, I, I'm still a giddy believer. I know you guys hate him, but I'm I'm still a giddy believer. I still think he can be good. Um, hope you guys have an awesome night, an awesome Sunday. We'll talk to you guys again on Monday. 